Hi, welcome to Que Piensas Hermana, a roundtable podcast brought to you by the Alpha Gamma chapter of Latinas Promoviendo Comunidad, Land of High Kai, Sorority Incorporated. I'm Valeria, hermana de Ancaira. And I'm Mira, hermana Paki Umay. We'll be using this space to engage in important conversations surrounding topics we feel are important to discuss, such as colorism, health equity, mental health, sexual violence, and more. Before we have these important conversations, we are going to dive into the history of our sorority and its founding, as well as the founding of the Alpha Gamma chapter of Latinas Promoviendo Comunidad, Lambda Pai Chi Sorority Incorporated, on Davidson's campus in honor of the Pai Chi anniversary of the class of fall 2019. So thank you again for everyone for being here. I'm so, like me, me and Mira, Mira and I are so excited <laughs> um, to be able to talk with everyone. Um, so first we wanted to start off by just everyone introducing themselves and tell us what you've done throughout your time in the sorority. Yeah, I can go. Um, my name is Leslie. I'm Hermana Ketuan. I crossed uh, fall 2018. Um, to the Alpha Gamma chapter at Davidson. Um, um, and then at, during my time at Alpha Gamma, um, I was the um, recruitment chair for Alpha Gamma. Um, I was also Hermandad chair, and now I'm president of Alpha Gamma this academic year. Hi, everybody. I'm Adrienne Martinez, Hermana Itili Valle. I am from Alpha Chapter at Cornell University and Ithaca College, but I'm a graduate of Cornell University. Um, I graduated in 2001, but I came into the sorority in fall 1998. And I've held um, several positions at the national level um, over the years. Really, it was kind of earlier on, probably um, 2004 to 2006. <clears throat> but my more recent uh, involvement was with the sorority came with the establishment of Alpha Gamma Chapter at Davidson College. I now serve as an academic, or sorry, <laughs> uh, an alumni advisor, um, but I actually helped to establish the chapter. I'll stop there, because I'm sure we're gonna get into a lot more, and I'll let Irma go. Hi everybody, I'm uh, Irma Almiral Padamsi, and um, I'm uh, Essencia is my name, and I came in through Alpha Spring of 1988. Um, I'm uh, sort of older. I'm sort of the oldest one in the sorority, um, usually about 20 years older than everybody else. But uh, I'm the first hermana in the sorority. Um, I've try to be every year I try to think about um, one way to stay involved at least one way um, sometimes those ways are big in my mind and sometimes they're a little bit smaller but my feeling has always been that when you have a group of um, of individuals that have um, a lot of stuff to to give and a lot of stuff to learn that my job is to 
be in the middle of all of that energy and try to learn whatever I can from everybody. So I've tried to be sort of a string. Uh, I've had positions um, within my chapter, Alpha, and then done the same in another school where I worked for a while, uh, Syracuse University. So I'm, I'm proud to be connected with Zeta as well. I try to offer at the national level um, everything from, you know, words of wisdom to I'm a firm believer that if you say, if you give a suggestion, you should be willing to put the work in to make that suggestion a reality. Um, presently, I'm in, heavily involved uh, with the National Intake Task Force, um, and it's a national effort to try to um, keep the ways in which we bring our members in um, systematic and healthy and uh, a good experience for everybody and to hold everybody accountable. Uh, so first we wanted to ask Itama, uh, why did you become in the founding of PC and what kind of led you to that? And why did you, um, actually, I'll just leave it there. I think that's a pretty big question on its own. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> so, uh, Mira, I think you have uh, you have expressed it quite well, actually, just now. This perspective that you're part of um, you're part of a history, and the history uh, has an arm back back, and it reaches forward. And um, and I think when you have that perspective that you're not on, uh, not in this world all by yourself, that you have people you know that came before you and people that come after you, and that your actions um, can make a difference, then it's pretty easy to, um, to decide to get involved in something. When um, I finished graduate school in 1984, in the middle of an academic year, so I'm a, I technically have a degree at the end of a spring, but I finished in a December. And um, I was handing in my doctorate in, in May, but I was done with it in January of that year, of this particular year. Um, and the normal problem of needing to, that many of us experience, especially as first-generation college women, is that um, you need to figure out ways to continue with your education while you're earning money. Uh, because the reality that you, you need money to be able to live you don't want it to, you know, be the end all to your life, but you need it to be able to live and to be able to help people in the family that might not be as lucky as you or friends or whatever. And so in, um, in January of 1984, when I actually finished the degree and was teaching in my department, I also wanted to figure out a way to earn money, earn more money. Um, which was a challenge in 1984 for women, even with a PhD. And so I went after, I went looking for jobs and ended up, luckily for me, in a job. Uh, it only paid me $19,000 for the year. But at that point in time, uh, it was a lot, you know, it was enough. Um, and I was lucky. I was not in this world by myself. I had a soulmate that I was with. Um, and... Um, I was very lucky because this job I had absolutely no qualifications for. And I get, and I guess that's part of feeling like um, not accepting uh, when people tell you you can't do something or, you know, you're not qualified or 
you know, you don't look the right way or whatever. You know, I never really was much to swallow that. Um, and so I went after this job that was for the head counselor in a multicultural affairs office at Cornell, the only office. Mind you, I had my education had nothing to do with counseling or student affairs or any of that. My education was literally theoretical linguistics. That was my major and my degree. Um, but I sort of felt like, you know, I had, I, when I went to, when I did my bachelor's, I was the only person, the only Latina on campus. And um, at first it didn't bother me, to be honest with you. I didn't, I was pretty thrilled I was just in school. But, um, but after a couple of weeks, it was pretty clear that I needed to find ways to make friends. And um, some of those ways were the normal ways of when you go to college, you make friends, you put yourself in places where, I mean, that's part of college, right? To meet other people, to get other experiences, to broaden your horizons. But all while that was happening, I also needed places where I could just flip into Spanish or I could talk about my rolos or I could, you know, talk about the food I was missing or whatever, you know, and I didn't have that. And so the experience at the undergrad level left me with a thirst for trying to figure out ways when I finished my bachelor's. And then by that point, I was married. I had a baby. Um, you know, life continued. It, when I got to graduate school and then finished graduate school, I always had in my head that I need to continue doing this double experience of putting myself in places where I can try to learn from other people, where I can meet people that have life experiences different from mine, but at the same time, trying to figure out ways where I can connect with people who I don't have to excuse my existence to. I don't have to explain why do I talk the way I talk? Why do I look the way I look? Why do my hips look a certain way? Why do I dress a certain way? Why is there certain music that I like to dance to and not other? And that psychologically was pretty important to try to have some sense of, of, of a, um, some sense of peace in my life. So I tell you all of this because that first job was a godsend. I ended up being, um, having the luck of being responsible for, in any given year, 12 to 1,700 students of color. That was my, my students could come in anytime they wanted, you know, while I was there in the office and talk about whatever. And I would get more out of helping, trying to be there for a student than I think they got out of anything I said. Um, but it was an experience that made it very clear in my head that I had something I could offer. I had a little bit of life experience. I had a little bit of um, strength uh, because I had made it by that point, I had made it through a PhD program where 17 other people started with me and I was the only one who finished, where the other male graduate students in the, in, in the department would come in with their lunch, all packed up neatly in a little paper bag, and I would be thinking about what did I have to get up early to leave for dinner for the family uh, and barely had time to grab an apple to run out to do my thing. And so um, as I went through that year, I had the luck that part of the responsibility had to do with not just meeting and helping the students during the workday, but during the summer, my job shifted completely. Uh, during the summer, I was responsible 
for everything having to do with the peer counselors in a pre-freshman summer program. I felt very connected to this program because I too had been a student who had to, when I got my admission letter, it was with the proviso that I attended this pre-freshman summer program, whether or not I needed it. I didn't think I needed it. I had gotten straight A's in school. I had gone to a really good high school, a private high school in the city, um, in New York City. However, if that's what it took to get into school at my undergraduate location, then fine, I would go those weeks into this program. Um, And it was lucky for me because that's where I found my soulmate. I found friends that are my life friends. They're from my friends right now um, that are very different from me. None of these people were Latino or Latina. They were all very different. But that pre-freshman summer experience had something very um, important that I felt had happened for me. And so the peer counselors that I worked with now as an adult working in the working world, I felt I could offer something and I had a special connection there. I was lucky enough to hire a person by the name of Migdalia Franklin, who at that point was a junior in college. And um, was she a junior? Uh, Yeah, she was a junior in college. And she was um, in uh, one of the college, one of the larger colleges at our university. Um, And she had been um, quite active um, in a couple of things that I was active in. So at that point, I had gotten become an advisor to the main Latino student group, the undergraduate student group. Uh, It was a small group, all of the Latinos, uh, the U.S. Latinos, not, not, not international the U.S. Latinos could fit into a living room, essentially, is where we met. Uh, and I'd become their advisor because I was, you know, an older person working, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I met Mindy in that connection. And I observed her more than met her because she had decided that, you know, the pers- the guy, I'll just talk frankly, the guy who was the, the president at that time wasn't doing all that great a job for the student group. And so she had decided she was going to get involved. She got involved and she decided, I'm going to be the co-chair of this thing. So she became co-president, but was fairly upset about the fact at the end of a year of doing this, that she was doing all the work for the organization, all the nitty gritty. And this other co-president was taking all the credit. And the other co-president was not giving any credit at all. And I sort of felt like, okay, well, I can relate to this. (laughs) <laughs> I've been in circumstances where I raise my hand in a class and, you know, the professor makes out that they don't even see my hand, you know, stuff like that. Um, and so Mindy and I started talking. And in the context of those discussions, I hired her for the summer. And at the same time, we were talking about the fact that there were, uh, by now a year or two, you know, a year had passed. There were other women that really needed that weren't necessarily Latina. Some of them were um, Asian, Black. Uh, white, and they needed a place to come together to talk about some serious issues. Some people were getting pregnant. Some people were, you know, getting, um, um, going through heartache with somebody who had left them for no good reason. Um, They had all kinds of life circumstances that that were important. And so we decided to start a, a women's support group. And it was a support group because 
um, and not just a student organization, because there was actual counseling-like facil um, facilitation that happened. We called it LOLU, La Organización de Latinas Universitarias. We thought it was a pretty cool name. We were all Latinas in the university, and the, the acronym was cool, LOLU. We loved it. Uh, in that context, another person by the name of Patricia Rivera got involved. And Patricia and Migdalia and I became good friends. Um, you know, we, we had a lot in common. We were all from the Bronx. We all were first generation college. We didn't have a penny to our name. Um, you know, we had other people that we were responsible for, me, kids, and a husband, them, you know, mothers, fathers, sisters. And so we knew what this feeling of being, um, being having the responsibility of going through school, not just for yourself, and succeeding in life, not just for your sake, but for the sake of your family. We knew what that felt like. Um, the student group went great. We loved it. It was terrific. Another person who was in the engineering school, we discovered, we've learned about her. Uh, she was one of these really weird people who was a female in the engineering college. And her name was Eva Sosa. Eva was from the city as well, you know, Tofeta. She was great. Um, she was really cool. And in the student organization, it was fun to have this combination of the closeness that you can feel with other, I'll say, you know, in this case, it was a closeness that you feel with other women that you have some common denominators with. Um, and the feeling that you can be yourself, that you don't have to put on anything. You can be yourself. Um, we loved it. It was great. All kinds of cool things happened at the time um, during this year and a half that things, things started. But it became very clear very quickly, mainly because of Migdalia. She was going to graduate soon. Um, and the, the worry that what happens with all this great friendship and all of these wonderful, warm feelings, what happens once you graduate? Logically speaking, you know, if you're lucky, you can maintain some of those college friends. But reality was fairly smacking us in the face pretty easily. And it became clear pretty fast that we needed to figure out some way of coming up with a structure that would make it last longer. In the meantime, Patricia's roommate, uh, one of her good friends from high school, became her roommate. Her name was Maria Caban. She was also from the Bronx, first generation college, PR. All of us were Puerto Rican, by the way, except for Mindy, who was, was Cuban. I had a Cuban half to me too, but we sort of adopted Mindy as PR anyway. Um, and um, so even though I was not an undergraduate, even though I was not experiencing Cornell as an undergraduate, I felt I had experienced it as a graduate student. It was a different experience, but it was in terms of the, the desire to make friends that you could depend on for the big haul, for the lifelong haul, was important. And a way of um, being able to be respected, to have um, uh, you know connections for the future was important. So one thing led to the other. The undergrads during the day, the four undergrad women would go off to class and in between classes, they'd run off to figure out with the Greek life office, was there any, you know, what's Greek life anyway? <laughs> you know, what do you think? Mindy ended up in a, she ended up making a, a um, uh, Migdalia ended up making a reservation in a room 
And in that room, there was a program from the previous student group that had used that room. And by total coincidence, it happened to be a Greek organization. And so the concept of, well, gosh, I wonder if this, I mean, Greeks, you know, you know, what do they do? They don't, you know, they don't, they don't do much. They just have parties and get, I mean, we didn't even know what they did, but we didn't like what we didn't know. Um, and what we saw, we didn't like. So, um, however, it's sort of the idea sort of started, you know, bubbling. Um, we talked with um, uh, the Greek life office to get a better handle on that, to see what was this issue about names and Greek names and, well, we don't want to have a Greek name. We don't connect anything with Greeks. I mean, with a Greek name. So our name would have to be something that had an emphasis on the proud feelings that we had about being Latinas and about the fact that we felt important that we were parts of a community and different communities. And that would never change, irrespective of how many degrees we had or how many jobs we had or how many kids or whatever we had you know, that that would never change, that we were, we were part of something bigger than us. And therefore we had a responsibility as having um, had the opportunity to go to college and to have these degrees. We had the opportunity, we had to make use of it to not just for our benefit, but for the benefit of all those other people that we didn't even know about, you know, in whatever way we could. So the, the, idea of how I could help as an administrator, because at this point I was working part of the time as a faculty member in a, in a regular university department, but full-time, so that was half-time, and then full-time as an administrator, as a counselor. And I was going to meetings, meeting people, and all of that on my arena. So what I tried to do was to support the undergraduates a little bit more than what an advisor would do, um, in fact, quite a bit more, um, because, you know, there was an alignment there. There was a feeling, a, a different kind of feeling. And so um, uh, it never occurred to me not to be involved, and it never occurred to the four undergraduates for me not to be involved. The difference in age was something, for example, the difference in age and life experience was something that we sort of remembered later, to be honest with you, you know, oh yeah, you got to go home because you got two kids waiting at home. You know, <laughs> you know, I mean, it was like an afterthought kind of thing. Um, and I think because of our personalities and the fact that the we complemented each other, it was really easy to come together uh, with a common, these common denominators, which fed into each other and created something very strong and very positive not necessarily something that we had figured out, just like in life, you're not 100% sure when you get involved in something that you know everything that's going to happen. But you, you do your best guess and you use your brains and you use your heart. And, and so, like I say, I mean, I think that was at the beginning. And, and I was lucky in that I was able to stay in the city where our sorority started um, way after the undergrads graduated. So that was lucky for me, um, 40 years worth of luck, because then what ended up happening was that I had easy access to one group of undergrads versus another, versus another, versus another, one school, another school, a third school, all in more or less in the same area that I could get in my car and sort of, you know, maneuver with. And so I was very lucky. And, and the, the, um, the um, 
beginning of the sorority, of our sorority, and the continuance of our sorority, I think is a, in a really wonderful reflection about, you know, the, the threads and the important aspects of our sorority around community, pride in self, pride in being a woman, pride in being someone who has spirit and inner strength that you constantly turn to and believe in, and the feeling that um, you're part of a bigger thing here. Yeah, so that so that's pretty much, you know, you asked why I got involved with the founding, and it was uh, never... It was never something that was that was very conscious in the sense that it was just something that had to happen. And um, I've been uh, the lucky recipient of all these years of that energy. Yeah, thank you, Yuma, for that. I mean, wow. I mean, it's beautiful to see uh, how far the story goes back. It wasn't just... Um, kind of like randomly coming together there was so much that went into it and um it's really such a beautiful story that you told and it really uh, also deconstructs the main ideas that i think people have a lot about the like a typical sorority like you mentioned and i think that the story that you tell tell um really helps to highlight just how much um our community means to each other and that um, we're more than just a sorority, we're in, in hermandad. So thank you for that. 